You know, one of the most encouraging revelations, I believe, of the New Testament revolves around the ministry of the Holy Ghost to you and I, the believer. God's Spirit sent via Christ's atoning work to comfort and to teach and to guide us, the church. He also is our unique helper in prayer. Amen. Somebody ought to be thankful for the Spirit of God. He is our helper. Yet many fail to see their great need for the ministry of the Spirit of God to pray effectually. We cannot pray effectually. In fact, we cannot offer really heavenly or true biblical prayers apart from the Spirit of God. Do you believe this? Amen. This is what the Bible teaches, and we will see that here this morning. Fewer still avail avail themselves to the bountiful storehouse of divine wisdom and strength found in the Spirit-led and the Spirit-empowered prayer. As Mr. Finney once commented, how little complaining there is that people do not make enough of the Spirit's influence in leading Christians to pray according to the will of God. Let it never be forgotten that no Christian ever prays aright unless led by the Spirit. He has natural power to pray, and so far as the will of God is revealed, is able to do it. But he never does unless the Spirit of God influences him. Just as sinners are able to repent, but never do unless they're influenced by the Spirit. As always, the primary problem, amen, with us, the the primary problem with man is not I can't, but I won't, amen? For those who claim to be filled with the Spirit, as you and I do, this is especially troubling, seeing so few seem to yield to the Holy Ghost in their efforts to pray. This morning, may we be convicted. And may we be encouraged to do otherwise. We're reading here from Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now turn over to the book of Jude, the book of Jude and verse 20. Jude 1 and 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Our thought here this morning, prayer and the Holy Ghost. Prayer and the Holy Ghost. Father, I pray here this morning for your spirit, Lord God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that makes preaching effectual. Father God, that you would draw us unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray each soul here, every saint of God, would be encouraged and compelled and drawn under the Spirit of the Lord. We need you, Lord, and we need you every hour, and we especially need you to pray. And, Father, I ask you, Lord, to deal with our hearts. 
I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that we will be delivered from all self-sufficiency, all slothfulness of spirit, Father God, all passivity, and we would believe your word and draw nigh with hearts filled with confidence, standing on the promises in your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Let everybody say it, amen and amen. I see here three vital truths contained in our text that must be stressed in its most practical application. First of all, we must pray. Now, we know that, amen? We must pray. It is our moral obligation. It is our duty. But we, apart from the ministry of God's Spirit, are ill-equipped. To do so, we read there in the first portion of verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Amen. Now, our text is pregnant with spiritual meat and vital in application for those who would learn to pray. Just as the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, I do believe when we're born of God, the Spirit of God immediately, amen, shows us our need for that, you know, imperative and necessary fellowship and begins to teach us to pray. We're immediately enrolled as it were in this classroom of prayer. And the first lesson that we learn, amen, that True biblical effectual prayer, amen, never comes naturally. Amen. It is supernatural. It is supernatural. Amen. That's the first lesson, amen, that we must learn. But you know, many stop right there. And instead of allowing this truth, amen, that, that prayer, true prayer, never comes naturally, instead of allowing that truth to compel them, amen, to cast himself fully and completely on the grace of God and to trust him, they allow the enemy to uh, discourage them and to paralyze them with passivity. You see, many complain, and I've heard people complain, amen, as long as I've pastored, as long as I've been a Christian, I've heard people say, it just seems that I'm not suited for prayer. Amen. I, it just seems like I don't know what to really say to God. Well, hallelujah. You've learned the first vital lesson that you need to learn in the classroom of prayer. Amen. You ought to be thankful. You're simply stating what God has already said in His Word. Word, Amen. And you must learn this vital lesson if you're going to move forward and overcome in the life of prayer. But the question is, how will you respond? You see, what we must ask Is this a confession or is it an excuse? And I fear many times people use this as an excuse. Amen. Well, we're going to read all of what the Bible has to say about it. It doesn't just stop. Amen. Well, we don't know what we're doing in prayer. We don't know what we're, we are, we're to pray as we ought. There is more. Amen. You see, God has provided a ram in the bush for this situation as well. And you and I have no excuse. Amen. Not to pray. We're going to find out it is not we can't, but we won't because God has provided a means whereby we can fulfill our obligation. 
But indeed, apart from Christ, we are dark and confused, ignorant and weak in many things. In fact, this is especially so in everything pertaining to the heavenly life, especially in the simple service of prayer. You see, you need to recognize no one is naturally spiritual. Amen. No one is born or predisposed to spirituality. I don't care who they are. I don't care who you come in contact with. You see that man that is able to pray under the anointing of the Spirit of God. You see that man who has victory and grace. He wasn't born that way. He was born again, amen, but he wasn't born that way. He wasn't predisposed or any more predisposed to spirituality than you are. All that the only difference is here is the fruit of a vessel who is believing and yielding to the Word of God by faith. That is the only difference. That individual is not frustrating the grace of God, but is believing and submitting themselves to the Word of God. This is why when anyone attempts to feign spirituality, he makes himself seem twice as carnal. It's like the seasoned prostitute with the unmistakable marks of her promiscuity, obvious for all to see, attempting to palm herself off as a virgin. Amen? Listen to me. If you're not spiritual, please don't try to act like you're spiritual. Amen? You're making a fool out of yourself because carnality, just like the stench of of death is not easily covered up. You can be surrounded by life. Amen. You can be surrounded by life, but something dead, you know, in the proximity, and you can smell the stench. Something is dead. There's no smell as awful as the smell and the stench of death. It's not easily cloaked or covered up, and neither is carnality. You don't put on spirituality like a coat. You don't put on spirituality even whenever there's the need to protect your reputation and slip it on and off as it were. No, no. You've got to either be spiritual or you're not spiritual. And the more you try to act spiritual when you're not the more of a fool you make yourself to be. Now there is an ought on us. There is a spiritual obligation. There is the necessity to pray. A spiritual duty upon us of the most absolute and imperative kind. And yet we do not seem to sense the obligation. And more often than not, we lack the proper motivation to meet it. However, thank God, the greatest and the divinest of all helpers is the Holy Ghost. As Mr. Bounds said, our divine example in praying is the Son of God. Our divine helper in praying is the Holy Ghost. He quickens us to pray and helps us in praying. Acceptable prayer must begin and be carried on by His presence and by His inspiration. We are enjoined in the Holy Scriptures to pray in the Holy Ghost. We are charged to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. We are reminded for our encouragement 
that likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So ignorant are we in this matter of prayer, so impotent are all other teachers to impart its lessons to our understanding and heart, that the Holy Spirit comes as the infallible and all-wise teacher to instruct us in this divine art, to pray with all your heart, to pray with all your strength, with all the reason and the will. This is the greatest achievement the Christian the greatest achievement of the Christian warfare on earth. This is what we are taught to do and enabled to do by the Holy Spirit. If no man can say that Jesus is the Christ, but by the Spirit's help, for the much greater reason can no man pray, save by the help of God's Spirit. Oh, how we need the Spirit of God. Oh, how we need the Spirit of God in every attempt and every effort to offer prayer unto God. And more importantly, we need to learn to yield. We need to be taught by the Spirit of God. We need to be pupils and disciples of the Spirit, being led of the Spirit when we pray, being cognizant that we have need of divine inspiration and that God God in every case, amen, if we're right with Him and we'll stand on His Word, He will provide the help that is needed because He promises to do so. Indeed, the Holy Ghost takes hold of things for us. The Spirit of God, if we're indeed born again, is always ready to help us in this specific weakness. You say, I'm weak in prayer. Brother Brett, Brother Brett, I've never really established a prayer prayer life. Be encouraged, O saint of God. Amen. You say you're weak. Amen. Your weakness can be perfected by His strength. He will help you in your weakness. He gives wisdom for our ignorance. And He turns our weakness into His strength. He pleads for us and in us. He quickens. He illuminates. He inspires our prayers. He excites and elevates the matter of our supplication and inspires the words and the passion of our utterance. You know, effectual praying, much like effectual preaching, amen, it possesses pathos. It is wrought with urgency. Amen. Effectual preaching that is anointed by the Spirit of God, it's not merely emotion, and I'm not suggesting that. It's not merely stirring up sincerity or earnestness. No, no, but if it is anointed by the Spirit, of God. There will be a penetrating quality. Amen. The speaker, those who give utter, will believe what they're saying and it will be touched of heaven. And from heaven it came. Amen. And it will bring others. Amen. To heaven. And if you pray by the Holy Ghost, from heaven it comes and to heaven it will return. We must be touched by the Spirit of God to pray rightly. He works, amen, the Spirit of God. He works mightily in us so that we can pray mightily. He enables us to pray always. 
and ever according to the will of God. Now this is an absolute. We not only have the divine observation as we ought, exposing our lack. Amen. We not only have this here in this passage, but we also have the promise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. Amen. This reveals God's divine provision. So we're exposed here in this verse. There is a lack. We are weak in this area. Amen. There are no exceptions. But God has provided that we might overcome. Thus, if we're having difficulty praying, there can only be two reasons. We are either outside of Jesus. That's the first reason. In sin, troubled conscience, defiled conscience, whatever it may be. Or number two, we are not yielding to the Spirit as we should. And we are frustrating the grace of God because we refuse to yield and be taught by the Holy Ghost. Did you hear me? Amen. Listen to me. By the time or in the seasons and times that you have been born again, many of you ought to be able to teach this to other people. But the Spirit of God did not abandon you when you got right with God. The Spirit of God has taught you from the day, amen, that you were birthed in the kingdom. The Spirit of God has given you example after example, living epistles. You've been in prayer meetings where the Holy Ghost has moved. Amen. You have prayed in the Spirit before. Amen. You have no excuse not to have overcome in this area. Amen. The reason that you are having difficulty in prayer, many of you, is because you are frustrating the grace of God. This especially is true, amen, of those who claim to be Pentecostal or filled with this infirmity-helping spirit. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Then you're filled with a spirit that will meet every need of your weakness in prayer. You know, the same spirit that inspired Elijah to pray. Now, he wasn't filled with the spirit in the same sense that we enjoy the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But he prayed. Amen. And he prayed earnestly. And he prayed in faith. Amen. And God heard his prayer. Amen. I believe it could be said, at least in the Old Testament sense, he prayed in the Spirit. But you and I enjoying better promises. You and I under a greater covenant. You and I that confess that we are filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit that helpeth our infirmities. We can't even seek God for an hour. We have difficulty keeping our minds. I don't know what to say. Well, then you must not be listening to the Spirit because He will give you something to say. As Andrew Murray once said, as one looks back upon these chapters in the book of Acts and sees the history of the Pentecostal church, how clear the two great truths stand out. Listen. Where there is much prayer, there will be much of the Spirit. Where there is much of the Spirit, there will be ever-increasing prayer. So clear is the living connection between the two that when the Spirit is given in answer to prayer, 
it ever awakens more prayer to prepare for the fuller revelation and communication of His divine power and grace. If prayer was thus the power by which the primitive church flourished and triumphed, is it not the one need of the church in our day? Amen. You can't separate the Spirit of God from prayer. They are eternally, eternally and intrinsically, amen, linked. And so if we're truly filled with the Spirit, if we're truly sensitive to the Holy Ghost, if we're circumcised in heart, circumcised in ears, if we are tuning our spirit to the voice of God, then God will help us. He will help our infirmities and He will grant us a supernatural utterance, and I'm not talking about just tongues. I'm talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. Being led of the Spirit. Anytime we approach God in prayer, we must be cognizant of our need for the help of God's Spirit. We must know my prayers, amen, will not be effectual if I am not led by the Spirit of God. Oh, great helper and comforter of the church, fill me afresh and help me to pray in the name of Jesus. And I can tell you faith, amen, taking hold of the numerous, many, amen, variable promises in the New Testament will expect and will yield to the influence of the Holy Ghost, which will lead me, amen, to pray in the Spirit and pray according, amen, to the will of God. And that leads us to our second point. Moreover, the Holy Ghost... If we allow Him, if we allow Him, He will intercede for us and He will intercede through us. Why isn't the Spirit of God praying in and for and through us when He's not? Because we're not allowing Him to do so. There's no other reason. Amen. Romans 8 and 26, the latter part of that verse says, But the Spirit itself... Maketh intercession for us with, with groanings which cannot be uttered. In our efforts to fulfill our obligation to pray, if we will simply believe God's word, if we will simply yield to the Holy Ghost, then God's Spirit will indeed pray for, in, and through us. Amen. That's what I want. Amen. I, that's effectual prayer. That's biblical prayer. Amen. That's the prayer life that's going to overcome. To have the Holy Ghost praying. Amen. For me and in me and through me. Amen. That's God having free course with me as a yielded vessel. A blood-bought vessel to bring glory to His name. Amen. That I'm always open for the Spirit of God to use me to intercede. But few seem to look to or expect the Holy Ghost to help them in prayer. Amen. You know when you're seeking God, the Holy Ghost to help you in prayer. Amen. When you're cognizant of it. I cannot do this in my own strength. But I must do it. And I can through Christ. Amen. That strengthens I can do all things, including pray. Amen. Yet this is one of the primary ministry of ministries of God's Spirit to God's people. 
Amen. This is what people constantly say. I don't know what to pray. I can't seem to formulate uh, my thoughts. You see, you're still in the first portion of verse 26 here. You need to move forward. Amen. That's good you figured that out. You don't know what you're doing in prayer. That's good. Confess that. But move on. You're supposed to be filled with a spirit that helpeth your infirmities. And if you will yield to him and believe him, amen, then he will touch you supernaturally and you can pray. If we will allow him, amen, the spirit of God will pray and intercede according to the perfect will of God or the word of God. This is praying in the spirit. That's what it is. That's how you would define it. And it is utterance that would never be made apart from the inspiration of God's Spirit. Do you hear me? Amen. Praying in the Spirit, effectual prayer, is prayer that no human being would ever utter apart from the inspiration of God's Spirit. Amen. It is supernatural. And people wonder, well, where is the supernatural in this hour? How come we're not seeing the supernatural? You see a man pray in the Spirit? You see a man led of the Holy Ghost in his prayer life? You're looking at the supernatural. And you know, we want, you know, all the miraculous things that take place. We want to feel and we want to see, but we don't want to submit to the fundamental issues. Amen. You know, the young people were talked to here this morning about some, uh, you know, very elementary fundamental tests. Well, here, the altar is a test for you and I. Maybe if we would seek God supernaturally, if we would have a prayer life, amen, if we would offer prayer in the Spirit, which is supernatural, we might see the supernatural break forth if we would set the tone by being obedient in prayer. You cannot pray in the Holy Ghost without a miracle. Amen? It is miraculous. Effectual prayer is prayer of the Spirit. As Pentecostals, some may ask, is this always prayer or speaking in tongues? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Amen? But I would say this, and I want you to listen to me here this morning. All genuine tongues... Given as the Spirit gives the utterance is prayer in the Spirit. Amen. Did you hear me? Is prayer in the Spirit? Amen. Is it always an utterance in tongues? No. It can be with the understanding and oftentimes will be. But I will say this. Amen. All genuine tongues as given by the Spirit, as He gives the utterance, it is always, without exception, prayer in the Spirit. Now, with this truth in mind, why wouldn't we be given to yield ourselves to God's Spirit in this way? Amen. Why is it that we're so reluctant? Amen. And I believe that many of you are reluctant to give yourselves, amen, to yield yourselves, amen, to the Spirit in that way. Amen. We read, uh, you know, before we began here this morning, but ye, beloved, building up, edifying yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, there's nothing wrong. When, when you talk about prayer like this, some people say that's selfishly praying. Absolutely not. 
Amen. For you to be built up in the Spirit is for God's glory. Do you understand? There's nothing selfish about that. Amen. It is the will of God. And you build yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost. Again, this isn't isn't always. That term there, praying in the Holy Ghost, doesn't necessarily mean tongues. Amen. But, amen, every time you truly, amen, speak with other tongues, amen, as the Spirit gives the utterance, or if I could use the term praying, amen, in tongues, amen, as the Spirit gives the utterance, that is, without exception, praying in the Spirit. Again, praying in the Holy Ghost is not necessarily praying in tongues. But speaking in tongues is always praying in the Spirit. Amen. First Corinthians 14 and 2 says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Amen. In other words, the Spirit of God is giving him utterance, and that utterance is directed toward God. And who would accuse the Holy Ghost of of not praying according to the perfect will of God. That seems like time well spent. I said, that seems like time well spent. Some may say, but I cannot speak in other tongues unless the Spirit give me utterance. Amen. I agree. Hallelujah. But if you're right with God, you listen to what the Holy Ghost is going to tell you. And some of you need to believe this. If you're right with God, And you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you believe Him, He will always give you the utterance. Amen. Yes, He will. Why? Because He promised. Number one. Number two, He commands you to pray in the Spirit. You see, listen to me. What is it then? It says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 15, the Apostle Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the Spirit. Is he saying he can do that independent of God? No. But he's also saying, the Holy Ghost, I'm going to have to cooperate with the Spirit of God. I'm going to have to cooperate. Just like, you see, the pattern is the same. People stumble over this. How did you get filled with the Holy Ghost? Did God make you talk in tongues? Did he move your tongue independent of your will? No. You had to believe him. Amen. You had to trust him. He gave you the utterance. Amen. And by faith, you obeyed that spontaneity, that obedience in your spirit. You obeyed. And then God filled you. As long as men refuse to yield that most unruly member, they cannot get filled. In fact, there's many people that don't get filled for that one reason. They're not in sin. They've consecrated themselves. They've given all. Amen. They come to the altar day after day, week after week, month after month. I've given all. The one thing they haven't given, though, is their tongue. And God is not going to fill them until they yield. You know, I brought this up. When I preached on the Holy Ghost uh, at Brother Victor's camp meeting, you know, you ever wonder why God uses, you know, the sign 
Are the gift of tongues as the initial evidence for the baptism of the Holy Ghost? What's the baptism of the Holy Ghost for? It is an empowerment for service, primarily. Now, now we could talk about, you know, what the Holy Ghost does, or what the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the benefits that that a baptism brings to the spiritual life. And I mean, we could preach for years on that. Amen. It's inexhaustible. But primarily, amen, it is a baptism of service. Amen. So that we can serve God. Now, when you begin to think about serving God and doing His will, there is a vast majority or there is a vast balance of things that we must do that requires that we what? That we speak! What's the warfare when you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And I know some people get filled instantly and there really isn't any warfare, but most of the time when you talk to people, the warfare is a you know, very, very uh, similar pattern. The warfare in the mind. Is this real? Am I going to be imitating someone? Is this God or is this my own mind? What am I going to look like if I begin to babble like this? Somebody's going to think that I'm crazy. Somebody's going to think I'm in. It's all centered. There's a warfare thinking about me and my reputation. And the only way you get filled is by defying that. Amen. I'm here to tell you, listen to me. Something happens when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Besides, listen to me, at the very root of your being. Because what you do is you yield. You finally come to the place. Amen. I'm going to be filled. And I don't care what I look like. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. But I'm going to give myself to the Spirit and obey His promptings. And then you're filled. You see, you set the tone when you do that. There's something in your spirit. There's a crucifixion of that pride and that self-consciousness. Listen to me. And so now, amen, you're out walking across the campus of LSU and God says, stand on the bench and scream my name as loud as you scream. Listen to me. The same type of the heart starts beating. There's an utterance. I said there's an utterance given by the Holy. Just because it's in the understanding doesn't matter. It's going to cost you. Your mind begins to race. What are people going to think? What am I going to say after this? But because you're filled with the Spirit, amen, there's something set in the Holy Ghost and you're able to obey. You're in the donut shop. Somebody blasphemes God. The Holy Ghost says, stand up. Preach. Same warfare. There's a prompting. There's a need for spontaneous obedience. And the warfare revolves around your pride. Well, see, listen to me. In prayer, there's the same warfare. Now, I can tell you what. I'm free. As a bird here this morning. And I've told on this before. Amen. But I tell you, I'm as free. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. Amen. And I don't really think you're thinking. I'm not consumed or, or I'm not preoccupied with that. But I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to yield to the Spirit. Amen. And I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to pray in and through me. Don't you let the devil undermine Pentecost in your life. It is essential. It's absolutely essential. Don't you let anybody, any spirit, any voice undermine. Pentecost. Just because you've seen 
amen, a lot of nonsense under the guise of Pentecost. Them same people, amen, that did all that foolishness that makes you question the baptism also claim to be born again. But you don't question the doctrine of regeneration, do you? Amen. Just because there's a counterfeit, that usually means there's a genuine. There is something, amen, to the baptism of the Holy I don't want, I, I wonder how people can really pray without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I wonder how they can pray. Hey, listen to me. I've been to prayer meetings. It's just like in movements. Amen. Where God is having mercy upon those that are not filled with the Spirit. And He'll raise up a man here and raise up a man there and raise up a voice, a preacher. And you'll listen to a preacher and they won't be baptized with the Holy Ghost. May even reject the doctrine. But it seems like there's an anointing. There seems like they're filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm not denying that the Spirit of God is upon them and using them because God is having mercy upon a people that have stumbled over the present day Pentecostal testimony. But you go in that movement and find how many other men there are like that. The chasm is great. You can't hardly concentrate on the preaching. I mean, just no power. Dead, dry, lifeless. It's the same with praying. You go in circles where people are not filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know what you find? You find this universal condition. They don't know. They don't know how to pray as they ought. And very few of them, amen, are finding a way to the Spirit of God because the baptism of the Holy Ghost is essential. That's what God intended to fill His church, every vessel with the Holy Ghost. You see, listen to me. The Apostle Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. This is the pattern. There will be the understanding, but there's also going to be a yielding to the Spirit and a praying in tongues. That's why God gave you that gift. Amen? Or one of the reasons why I gave you. Don't be ashamed of it! You know, I've pastored this church from the beginning, 15, whatever it's been. I've seen people come in, get the victory. You know, they've got, you can see they're yielding. And then they get filled with the Spirit of God and they're yielding. They may go a season and then they fall right back into the same pattern. What is it, Brother Britt? I don't know what it is. It's one of these two things up here. I know if you're in sin, you're not going to be praying in the Spirit. I know if your conscience is defiled, amen, you're not going to be praying in the Spirit. I know if you're often in and out of sin, falling in and out of transgression, amen, you're not going to be taught by the Spirit. You're just trying to stay alive. There's not going to be much progress. But maybe it's not. I don't know that. I would hope that's not the case. Amen. That only leaves one other option. Amen. There's some type of fear or unbelief. You know, I'm the pastor of this church. Don't be afraid. Pray in the Spirit. What's the problem? Who are you afraid of? Why won't you yield to the Spirit? How many of you feel with the Holy Ghost? Yeah, but I mean, it's just like a Baptist prayer meeting in here sometimes. But I, I, it's not what Pentecost sounds like. I'm telling you. Man, how many times have I said that? 
dozens. Now, you see, that don't mean come here tonight and see if y'all take the paint off the wall. Just scream. No, be led of the Spirit. Be sensitive to the But get, don't be afraid. Hey, man, listen to me. If you're in sin, by all means, don't come up here and harbor sin in your life. I'm not telling you to do that. Harbor sin in your life and come play the religious hypocrite and rattle off in some tongue you got memorized. I'm not telling you to do that. Repent. Get washed in the blood if that's the case. Get filled with the Spirit, but yield to the Holy Ghost. He knows what he's praying. He, know, he knows what he's talking about. You know, the vast balance, my whole Christian life, the vast balance of my prayer life is yielding to the Spirit of God and speaking in other tongues. I'm not ashamed to say that. I don't care what anybody thinks. Amen. Never hurt me. Amen. I said it never hurt me. I've been led to do that. Amen. I do pray in the understanding. But I because I know I don't know what I'm doing. And when I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm believing God. He is praying in and for and through me. I believe that. You need to believe it too. You need to believe that. You need to believe that. You know, I've often wondered, what is it? Because I believe there's fear. I believe... Somebody's going to think. Somebody might think something of me if they hear me over here. If that, if you got that thought, friend, repent of that. This is a Pentecostal church, and it's always going to be Pentecostal as long as I have anything to do with it. Amen. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I would be in sin if I forsake that. I would be a miserable testimony to Jesus Christ if I didn't press that on your conscience. Do you understand me? Pentecost is essential. It is essential. It is imperative. The individual of the church that is not filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, cannot and will not fulfill the perfect will of God. Do you believe that? I do. I said I believe it. Somebody say amen. Amen. Well, if we believe that, then we need to yield to the Spirit. We need to give ourselves to the Holy Ghost. And we need to make a practice of yielding to the Spirit and allow Him to give us that utterance. You see, the understanding will be used. We will pray with the understanding. And we will pray with the Spirit. We will be fully yielded vessels. And we will be free from self-consciousness. Self-consciousness is pride. You cannot minister as long as you are self-conscious. Amen. It's selfish to be self-conscious. What do I sound like? What do I look like? It's pride. That's all it is. And it's wrong. Particularly when God tells you. Now listen, I want to be Christ-like. I want to sound like Jesus. You understand? 
I mean, I've told you this many times before. It's the the same principle in preaching. To you, I, I would hope, I think, I sound all right preaching, amen. I, I don't sound strange to you preaching. But if you had to get up here and preach what I'm doing right here, you would be, you know, the first thought would be, man, what am I going to sound like? If you're especially not used to preaching. You have to overcome that to be used of God. You can't wear it. If you sing, if you minister in any way, even if when you can't be conscious, amen, self-conscious, or you're going to grieve the Holy Ghost. Because many times your own perception is you will sound and look foolish. Because God has chosen the foolish things to confound the wise and to humble, amen, to humble you and I, amen, that no flesh would glory in his presence, amen. So if we try to present ourselves as clever, or we try to present ourselves as intellectual, or we try to come off in a certain way, amen, when in fact, amen, we should simply just uh, have a heart, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to say, then I am yielded and willing to do so, and I don't care what I look like in doing it. That's the way you're going to be used of God. And that can be reduced down in your prayer life. And think of it. What is the difference between me praying for me or God's Spirit praying for, in, and through me according, amen, to the will of God? You see, if the Holy Ghost is really involved in it, you're not going to be self-conscious. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty! I've told you before the story how the Holy Ghost told me to stand up on the bench and scream Jesus. And that was be nothing for me to do that today. But then it was so crucifying for me to stand. I didn't know what I was going to say next. In my mind, I'm going to say Jesus and then be staring at 400 people laughing at me. I don't know what I'm going to say. I had to trust God. Amen. But if I would have never, if I would have said no, my reputation is more I would. I'd still be walking around and I'd probably be backslid. But if I wasn't backslid, I'd still be walking around in a little shoe trying to figure out what to do next. You understand? It's the same with you. You're not going to be used until you die under yourself. And that's only one minute lesson in the school of the Holy Ghost. You've got to obey the Spirit of God. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, we read it, edifieth, buildeth up himself. And finally, the Spirit of God quickens us to God's mind or His will. Verse 27, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Ghost knows. And right there, I tell you what, that pretty much rules out open theism. Amen? Because He knows. He knows everything about you. And He knows everything about me. And He knows what He needs to know about God. And He is the perfect intercessor. Amen? The Holy Ghost then will quicken us according to God's mind. Amen? John 14 and 26, Jesus said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you 
you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, this is a mark of the Spirit-led prayer. The Spirit-led prayer will be pregnant with the Word of God. Amen? In First John 5 and 14, we have these very familiar words. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything, According to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Amen. True biblical spirit-led prayer will be both with the understanding and with the spirit, but it will always be laced with the promises of God throughout. You can know when you're hearing from the Holy Ghost when you are being brought Your mind is being brought to remembrance of what God's Word says. Amen. Now, you need to be familiar with the Scriptures. Amen. And the more familiar you are with the Scriptures, the more the Holy Ghost will quicken these promises to you. And that's what you should pray. You should be praying according, amen, to the Word of God. Oh, Father God, I love Thy Word. Lord God, I know that I live by every word that proceedeth out of Your mouth. I want to eat, amen, Your flesh and drink Your blood. Oh, God, I believe Your Word. Your Word is truth. Sanctify me through Thy Word, for Thy Word is truth. On and so forth as you, amen, are familiar with the Scriptures, then the Holy Ghost is going to lead you to pray according to that word. Amen. That which gives us boldness, freedom, and fullness of approach approach toward God is the fact that we are asking according to His will. Now, this not only means the subject matter of our prayer when we're conscious of that. What do you mean, Brother Britt? Well, we're praying in uh, the Spirit then our understanding, as Paul said, is unfruitful. We don't know exactly what we're praying for, but we can trust God that if we're praying in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost is definitely praying according to His Word, maybe for someone else, maybe for you, for the church, whatever, but we know it is His perfect will. But when we're praying with the understanding, amen, this is not merely, amen, the subject matter that we're praying, but we ourselves have a spirit to be conformed to all the light that we have. Amen. Praying according to His will. To pray in the name of Jesus is not merely to pray in His stead, or in other words, to pray as He would pray. Amen. If He was in this vessel, as He would pray. Amen. But to pray and to desire to have His heart. Amen. This is not merely submission. Amen. But conformity. According to means after the standard, or conform, or agreement. Amen. We have boldness, and we have freedom in the Spirit. Amen. Because we are praying in conformity to His will. Praying the desires of our prayer, the subject or the object of our prayer is the will of God. But not only that, we have yielded our want to be aligned with His want. We have yielded our desire to be aligned with His desire. What He has we hate what he loves we love this is praying in accordance to his will but it is only by the spirit of God that we can be quickened to that immediate and that relevant will for this moment in other words at all times 
if we'll pray in the Spirit. You know, God is even preparing us for the future. We could be praying about things that we don't even really know or things that are on the horizon if we're led by the Holy Ghost. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 11, and then verse 14. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man. You see, doesn't it make all the sense in the world that we don't know how to pray apart from Christ as we ought? But the spirit of God, he knows, it says. But the natural man, it says in verse 14, receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And of course we know it goes on to say that we have the mind of Christ by the Spirit. And this is the only way that we can pray effectually. But you know, any time that we go to God in prayer, we have to recognize that we have need. We have to recognize that we're ill-equipped to part Amen from Jesus, apart from the ministry of the Holy Ghost, to really pray effectually. But that because the Holy Ghost is sent, and because we have a comforter, a divine guide, that we have a helper, then those infirmities are met with divine provision. And we can pray. There's no one here, amen, that can't pray. There's no one here that can't be a great intercessor for God. Amen. If you're entertaining that kind of doubt and unbelief, you see, many times people get discouraged and just give up on their prayer life. That is demonic. Amen. You must fight, amen, to pray. You must, and listen to me, it is the greatest warfare. We we read that uh, quote earlier by either Andrew Murray or uh, by E.M. Bounds. And how many times... Amen. Have you heard men of God say the greatest warfare, the greatest battle you will ever face is to establish a consistent prayer life. Amen. Because it is key. It is essential to your relationship with God. Amen. It's not merely a duty, though it is a duty. It is the lifeblood, is the essence of relationship. You cannot say that you love a God, that you're unwilling to spend an hour. Amen. It's inconsistent. We have to fight. Amen. We have to press through. We have to come to a place as we've come as a local church. We have to say, this is it. I'm drawing a line in the sand. Amen. I'm going to leave this media. I'm not going to wallow around in this place any longer. But I'm going to take hold to the horns of the altar. And even though I confess, I don't know how to pray as I ought. I have a great helper in the Holy Ghost. He's going to help my infirmities. And I am going to establish a prayer life or else. Let's stand here this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Again here this morning. Let's come to these altars. Consecrate ourselves afresh. And today we need to ask the Holy, help me, Lord. Perhaps I haven't yielded to you. Perhaps I've resisted the Spirit, resisted the Holy Ghost. He's wanted to use me. He's wanted to intercede through me. And I want to be open to the Holy Ghost. I want to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. 
I know, Father God, as your word says, I don't know how to pray as I want. But Lord, you've given me the Spirit. And I know the Holy Ghost. I know that he is going to pray for me and in me and through me according to your will. Father, help me. Fill me afresh with your Spirit. I want to overcome, Lord God. Give me ears to hear. Circumcise me in heart that I might be tender, sensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost, Father God. I don't want to grieve your Spirit, but I need your Spirit. I need you. Every hour, Lord, I need you. I need you especially in the hour of prayer. Help me, Lord God. Pour out your Spirit upon me. Oh, Father, I pray here this morning. Pour out your Spirit upon my brothers and sisters. Pour out your Spirit on every marriage. Pour out your Spirit on every home, Father God. Draw us unto yourself, Lord God. We do cry, Abba, Father, help us, Lord. We confess we don't know what we're doing in prayer. Oh, Lord God, we need a supernatural work of your Spirit. We need your grace to supplicate as we ought. Move in our midst. Touch us. Quicken us. Help us to pray according to your will. Give us utterance, Lord God. Supernatural utterance, Lord God. Help us to yield. Help us to give ourselves fully to you. Teach us to pray. Do not squander your inheritance, for I have given you my Holy Ghost. Let Him be your comforter and let Him be your guide. Let Him be your teacher and He will teach you to pray. Yield, do not frustrate my grace, saith God, but give yourself to the Spirit and allow the Spirit to pray in and through you. For this is my will that my house would be a house of prayer, and I have called you thereunto. Therefore seek my face and live, but you cannot do this apart from my spirit, saith God. We don't want to be like that foolish lawman. The trailer full of ZTRs, shutting down with weed eaters, go out to the pasture and cut the field with a pair of scissors. Amen. We need to use what God has given us to use for the purpose that He's given it to us. Amen. We need to be led of the Spirit. We need to yield to the Holy Ghost, and He will help us to pray. Amen. Praise God. Pray this encourages you here this morning to let Him, Amen, pray in through for you. Hallelujah. Brother Bob, could you dismiss us with prayer? Those that are praying, don't be disturbed. Keep praying. Amen.
bless you. Come back tonight full of the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Spirit. Amen this evening. God bless you. Hug someone as you go. We will see you this evening.